word, God radically changed my life. He saved me. I used to be uh, someone who was incredibly addicted to all sorts of things. I lied. I dishonored. I followed the religion of, of, of just church and Christianity. I wasn't following Jesus. Um, it's, it's very, my life growing up, I, I didn't know Jesus at all. I, I grew up. I, I did all the right things, but I, I, was, I gave hypocrite the name hypocrite. I was completely guilty. And, uh, and when Jesus, Jesus I, the bottom line is I got so sick of who I was, so tired of having one hand on God, going to church, doing all the right things, and, and one hand on the world, being able to indulge in the, the, the pleasures of this world, which always will lead to death. And, and I became so sick of myself, and eventually I said, Lord, I, I'm tired of who I am. I actually want to be used by you. I, I, I want to leave the situation I'm in, so you gotta, you got to you got to set me free of all my addictions. you got to convince me of your power, convince me that I'm a son. And let me tell you, I'm only seven years old in the Lord. You know, I, uh, the Bible knowledge won't save you. You know, Bible knowledge is a foundation, but it will not save you. Only Jesus will. And when he makes you a son, oh, man, when he makes you a daughter, oh, man, it's, it's, it's night and day. It really is. Jesus, you know, wow, Jesus is amazing. Today I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about identity and how it matters to Christen, Christians and how it should matter to Christians. We're gonna be um, flipping through a lot of passages today. I'm gonna be reading out of a, a hard copy Bible so I, I don't, I'm not unrealistic, you know. Evangelists sometimes or pastors come sometimes, he's okay, flip to this, flip to this, flip to this. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Children, you're dismissed. God bless you guys, thank you. Jason, you're gonna be mighty warriors. Andrea will be our little warriors. God bless you guys, children. Bless the children, Lord, <laughs> bless the children. Oh man, the children, the children. Yeah, the children's where it's at. A couple years ago at kids camp, um, the miraculous. The father was showing up. Holy Spirit was invading kids camp. Kids camp. The kids were coming and uh, they were they were healing. Just uh, they would pray in faith and they just they have that faith. You know, they have that faith of uh, their heart takes them to a place their mind can't take them to. They just believe. Oh, the father says that. Oh, he's done that. Then he can still do it today. And that's, that's where we're going today. It's our, our identity matters because, see, our new identity should always bring a new reality. And I know it's, it's just words, but really, I'm, I'm going to try to really just break it down as much as I possibly can over and over and over. And let me oversimplify it right now for you. Uh, we're Christians. People that don't know Jesus are not Christians. We need to look different than those people in everywhere we go. We come to the church uh, for about 90 minutes, and, if, and if, if you come a lot, you know, two, three, four, five hours, that's only a, f- a couple hundred minutes, two or three hundred minutes of our week. There are 10,400 minutes in a week, so if, if, if we try to base our Christianity solely on those two or three hundred minutes, and we disown God in the other 10,000, there's a huge problem with our identity. We won't know who we are. We won't know how to act. We'll go to a, uh, a grocery store and we, we still think that it's just all about us. I'm going to go in, I'm going to grab my milk and eggs and then I'm going to leave. That's what happens when we turn off Jesus. When we keep Jesus turned on in our minds is as, as we live in sonship, this is our identity. This isn't about, a, this is, you know, it's been, it's six days, six days I prayed this morning, I said, God, thank you for the last six days where we could worship and encounter you, God. The last six days is really, it's really where we spend most of our time. 
And uh, next, ne- not next week, uh, we have a missionary coming to speak, but the week after that, Identity Matters Part 2. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about Satan's tactic. And our, my goal today is not talk, to talk about all of our flaws. Okay, I don't, you guys don't need me to tell you your flaws. And just the same way, I don't need you to tell me my flaws. I, that's what Sunday afternoons are for and night times are for. I'm just like, God, you know my flaws, Father. I, I'm, I'm growing in, in the likeness of your son. And so, so we, we have to be, make sure that we, we never turn off sonship, okay? If Sunday in the week never existed, it was lifted off the planet, there's only six days and there's no Sunday, what would our lives look like for, for Jesus? How would we look like Jesus if Sundays did not exist, okay? So that's a challenge. All right, Colossians 3, that's not to bring, uh, again, that's, that's next week's lesson, but that's not to bring shame, guilt, regret, fear, doubt, the fingerprints of Satan. That's the junk of Satan. It's to bring change. It's to bring motivation. I got to change. So let's, um, I'll get you guys going over there to Colossians chapter 3. I remember back in Ellendale. I don't know if anybody been to Ellendale before. Town of 1500s where I was born and raised and went to college and met my wife and, and uh, also, uh, found out that I was going to be a dad. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, we lived in a double wide trailer, half of it. We were living high off the hog right out of college and our rent was 275, that was everything included. <laughs> Snow removal, trash, I mean, it was unbelievable. Just, I'll never ever get that rate again. But it was incredible, God was a great provider then. And um, no, but I, uh, I remember my, I remember coming home from, I used to do maintenance work, and I remember coming home from, from, for, from work, and uh, my wife, said, after I got done eating, my wife told me, she said, oh, all right, well, well, we'll see you guys later, or we'll see you later, we'll be waiting here for you. I'm just like, yeah, okay. She's like, did you hear what I said? And I'm just like, yeah, you'll be waiting here, you and Jesus, right? And she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> she's like, no, uh, I mean, he'll be here too, but, uh, and so I'm just like, you know, a million emotions. I, there's no other explanation. Flood your heart the, the moment you, you know you're going to become a dad. And let me tell you, everything changes. Everything really does. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Okay, there it is. Um, you know, I, I, think about, uh, I think about children and how, you know, all, all uh, newborns, will become infants. You know, all infants become toddlers, toddlers, you know, preschool, kindergarten, all the way up through. Uh, we, are, we are constantly developing, we are constantly growing, but, but the thing is is that when, when we come, become parents, I mean, think about life before, think about life before you were a parent, or think about life maybe when you became a teenager, or maybe when you turned 18 years old. Life was completely different, and through these shifts, our identity changes in the natural. That's what I'm talking about in the natural. Identity matters. What I'm talking primarily about is the supernatural. It's the it's spiritual side of things. Uh, our, identi- our identity in Christ matters. Okay, it's not uh, Jonathan Mullen. I mean, it's, it's, I'm just Jonathan Mullen. You know, I'm just like everyone else on the planet that you guys have graciously given me your time so that I can... Really, what I feel the Holy Spirit has downloaded in my heart for the last few months, um, I get to share it with you today. So our identity changes um, very dramatically in the natural sense, 
when we become parents, but it should so much more when we step into uh, sonship or become daughters of the, of the King of Kings. So, um, so my, my, my main, let me drive this home. A new identity brings a new reality. Our new identity in Christ needs to bring a new reality the other six days of the week. It has to, if we're sons and daughters. Um, and the, let me tell you what the realities are. Uh, really quick, these are my points. The, the first reality that needs to shift is we need to make heaven's priorities our daily practices. Whatever is going on in heaven, whatever their priorities are right now, that needs to be daily practiced. That's not Sunday practice, that's not Wednesday night practice, that's not youth convention practices. I'm not talking about those things. Those things will happen because that's what they're designed for. But I'm talking about our identity in Christ. These, in order for us to step into sonship and who we are as, as uh, sons and daughters, we have to make sure that we make heaven's priorities our daily practice. Second thing is we need to put sin to death. This is a very challenging message because, uh, you know, part of, part of me is like, oh, John, you probably shouldn't be preaching this because you're still dealing with that. And instantly I know, okay, Satan, just go away. You're, you're a little puppy tied up. Sometimes your bites hurt, but you're a little puppy and you've already been defeated. How many of you know that Jesus is Jehovah Nisi, our banner of victory? He's already won. So like, choose his side. Let me just put it that way. Choose his side. He's won. So if you, if you choose him, you're going to win in the end. The, the, the last thing, uh, our new reality is make heaven's priorities daily practice. The second thing to make uh, our, our, our identity matters because uh, once we get that identity from Christ, it becomes a reality that we are to uh, put sin to death and then we are to develop Christ's character. Okay, so there's three things we're talking about today. Make heaven's priorities our daily practice. Second thing, we have to put sin to death. And the third thing is, um, is that we have to become, we have to develop Christ's character in our lives. Okay, so let's make heaven's priorities our daily practice. I really feel Colossians chapter three talks a lot about identity. So let's turn there right now. We're just going to read the very first four verses of chapter three. Since you have been raised to new life with Jesus, with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. When Jesus walked the planet, he, he said that no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. He was talking about himself. Only I've seen the Father. It's kind of hard to represent a company unless, like, uh, has anyone ever heard of Kohler? Anyone ever heard of Kohler? A couple people? Okay. It's hard to know what Kohler is all about unless there's a representative representing that, that business or, or whatever it is. Uh, Reg is actually a representative for Kohler. If you want to know more about it, talk to him. But it's the same way with Jesus. How in the world can we know what heaven's priorities are? My first point is we, got, we have to make heaven's priorities daily practice. How in the world can we know what heaven's priorities are unless there's a representative that's representing heaven? And Jesus, he says, no one has seen the Father. No one has been in heaven. No one is except the one who is from God. Jesus said in John 12, 49, he says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to do or what to say and how to say it. In John chapter 14, 10. Yeah, flip there real quick, would you? John chapter 14. <clears throat> 
page 896, 14.10, John 14.10 says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Okay? So when we look at Jesus, we see a very, very good representative of heaven's priorities. We see exactly what heaven's concerned with, and we need to be following very closely behind Jesus. Okay? He's, he's the perfect representative, and, and Jesus was, when he walked the planet, he made heaven's priorities his first priorities. Okay? Uh, so two of heaven's priorities that we're going to talk about today, there's many, but two of them we're going to talk about is, is that we have to bring the good we have to bring the good news. Here in Colossians, they're saying, set your minds on things above, not on, not on things of this earth. Well, it's kind of hard not to think about that visa bill coming up because we have to pay the visa bill. Or it's hard to, you know, the car payment or the house payment, whatever you want. It's hard, it's hard to, if we take it literally, I'm not supposed to think about anything on this planet. I don't think that's what he's getting at. I think what he's getting at is, where's your affection? Where's your heart at? Okay, what are, because, because the things that we're doing, we, we make time to do because they're valuable to us. Okay, so one of the things that we need to, uh, to make uh, heaven's priorities valuable to us, make time for, is we have to bring the good news. We look at Jesus, uh, Luke 19.10. Let's go there, Luke 19.10. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yeah. Mark, Luke 19.10. This is talking to Zacchaeus. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. This is, this is the very heart of Jesus. This is the very heart of heaven's priorities. If we're, going, if we're going to set our affections on heavenly things, we have to make sure that we're following exactly what Jesus did. His priorities were to seek and save the lost. For the Son of Man came, he came to seek and save those who are lost. Anyone ever play the game hide and go seek? <laughs> Anyone like that game? Anyone like that game? Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's super fun, except for when the person who's it's not seeking you out. Yeah, let's go, you know, and you, you, you know, the, the, the kid wants to play like a hundred times, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll count. One, two, three, and they go, and you're just, okay, so what were we doing over here? You know, that's terrible, isn't it? That's terrible. Just let that kid just go hide in a closet for a while. Dad, are you coming? Yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, no. Just kidding, but that's, that's, yeah, it's terrible when the person who's it, the one who's actually supposed to be seeking the other person out, it's not seeking, it's boring, it's a boring game. You know, when, we, when Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost, on a more serious note, do you remember when Titanic went down and there's people all across the ocean uh, like just trying to survive in that ice cold water? It's inevitable death because of hypothermia and other things inevitable death, but there's a team going out and they're seeking out those who are, who are perishing. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, I've never seen the movie, but I, I've been told about a clip about how uh, the, the, the men are in, are in the boat and they're shining a light on all the water trying to find everyone and, and the vast majority of people are, are froze to death already and, and the, the man, the, the man searching them all out says, he says, Captain, we've waited too long. They're all gone. We've waited too long. And that's my fear for us is if we don't start seeing, if we don't start making heaven's priorities our priorities, we're gonna say the same words. And it's, and you know, if, if, I mean, think about our family members that don't know Jesus. We all have them. We all have at least one member that is 
You know, you don't, you know, at best you might say, well, I think, I mean, they kind of know Jesus, they might not know Jesus. No, God wants our hearts as sons and daughters to be concerned with his priorities. And his priorities is to seek and save those who are, are lost. You know, the greatest injustice on the planet is not that uh, ladies have to be sold in to uh, the brothels to be abused and absolutely heinous acts done to them. That's incomplete completely immoral, and, and we're gonna to get to that, but that, that is why the anger of God is coming. But that's not the greatest injustice. The greatest injustice is not that uh, kids live and die because they don't have any clean drinking water. That's horrendous, and it's terrible, and it's such a tragedy that it happens. It's not the greatest injustice. The greatest injustice on the planet right now is that men and women are living and dying in Huron and they're, they're gonna live and die and never once hear about Jesus. That's the greatest injustice on the planet that we face. Whether you're in Huron, whether you're from out of state, different, different um, county, whatever, wherever your hometown is, the greatest injustice in your circle is that women, men and women are living and dying and never hearing about Jesus. That's the greatest injustice. The, the, the cry of heaven is to seek and save those who are lost. In John 1.12 it says, but to all who believed him and received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, so we have to receive him, we have to believe him, but how can they receive something they've never heard? How can they believe in, in someone they've never heard of? They can't. So heaven's moved by us. We, we owe the world an encounter. If you know Jesus, uh, someone shared Jesus with you. Let's, let's give that same reward, that same honor, and that same right to the next. To those who received him and believed him, he gave the right to become children of God. The next thing that I see, another, um, another one of heaven's priorities, is we have to demonstrate compassion for the lost. We have to stop being so concerned about converting them that we miss the person. Does that make sense? Well, they didn't say a prayer, so yeah, I don't know, yeah. It's not about just converting them. Yes, Jesus came to seek and save the lost, yes. But we have to be concerned with the individual. We have to see the person. They're not just, they're not just numbers we're trying to win to our side. People sense fake. Fake is very potent, it's very... Um, it has a very fragrant smell to it, and the world smells it a million miles away. And so remember that when you're going out and you're representing the Father who loved us, that you are actually stepping into love for them, and it's not, it's not to get another notch in your belt, to another, give another testimony of how awesome we are, but that it's true love, that we wanna see our brothers and sisters who are far off, who are really they're orphans, and they don't know that. We wanna see them come in and be brought into perfect peace, perfect joy with a good father who is so desperate to know us and encounter us and for us to encounter him and know him. So the second thing is we have to make sure that the, the second priority, we have, we have to make heaven's priorities part of our daily practice because that is, um, that is our new reality. If you are a son or a daughter, this is your reality. This is not something you can wish away. This is not something that, you know, this is, something, this is your reality as a son or a daughter of Jesus. 
is to, is to make heaven's priorities our daily practice. First thing we do is we seek and save those who are lost. The same way, those, um, those of you who are um, maybe into um, hunting, boating, maybe some of you guys are into tea time, tea time ladies, any, any fans in the house of the tea time? Uh, I don't mind good tea. But here's the thing, we make time for those things. We make time for those things, every single one of them. We have to make time to seek and save those who are lost because it's a greater priority if it's heaven's priorities. Every time, every time, okay? I was uh, in my bedroom with this dumbbell. Don't, don't hate, I know I got some love on me, but I'm, I'm growing, I'm looking like Jesus more and more. Um, but uh, I'm trying to work out, trying to you know just eat better, trying to get in shape, but I was working with this dumbbell, doing some different weights and whatnot, and my son, he's standing right next to me, and this is what he looks like. And he's just standing there, and it's so awkward. I'm just like, three, four, five. You know, I'm just like, and instantly I'm just like, Elijah, just, okay, what, okay? <laughs> and instantly Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, you know, if they never see you do it, they'll never know how to do it. You know, it's the truth. If we, if we are not, if we are not demonstrating to our children the resurrection power of God, seeking and saving those who are lost, how in the world will they know? If the teens aren't seeing it, how will they know if the, if the children aren't seeing it, if the infants aren't seeing it? And if you have an infant, bless you. <laughs> we have an infant, toddler-ish, borderline, I don't know, twos, so. I rebuke the terrible. It's not, it's not terrible twos, it's amazing, ter- it's amazing twos, but it's, he's, he's a handful. And uh, my wife, Heather, is uh, the queen of the universe. I love her. Uh, if you want to know how to be a good mom, just follow her around for a day or an hour. Uh, she's gifted, very gifted at what she does as a mother and wife. And well, that's just that's enough to say for right now. She does much more. Um, the second thing we have to seek and save those who are lost. The second thing we have to do if we want to be concerned with heaven's priorities is we have to demonstrate compassion to the world. You know, when, when Jesus was sharing, like I'm sharing now, he's preaching the goodness of God, preaching challenging messages, preaching different things. People got hungry. You remember that? 5,000, Sunday school, we talked about 5,000 men, possibly their wives and children, could have been a potential of 10 to 15,000. But let's just say 12,500, let's say the size of Huron, okay? Right after church today, <laughs> we're going to host the entire town to come, and everyone's made to come, we're going to have a line that's probably down to Splash Central back three or four times. And then um, hopefully we'll get into the, the fellowship room to have a meal. That's the reality. Jesus saw a need and he said, you know what, I got I to gotta feed those who are hungry. And he, told, and he challenged his disciples, walk in the authority I'm, I'm walking in. You feed them. You do it. Isn't it amazing? Jesus is so good. He doesn't just, Jesus was God in the flesh, yes, but he was fully man. He, he depended on Holy Spirit just like we depend on Holy Spirit. So everything that Jesus did, we can be doing when we are walking in the perfect will of God, when we're walking with him and trusting God, exercising faith. It gives us eyes to see him. When we walk in faith, it gives us eyes so much different to see him. You know, guys, you ever, you ever go to a movie, you know, and uh, a very like, uh, theatrical movie and a sad part comes on and you're just doing one of these like, oh man, oh man. And, you know, and then the, the movie ends. The movie ends and you're like, oh that was dumb. Like, what, what's, what's wrong with me, you know? 
And it's because your heart takes you to places your mind can't. Your heart, will, your heart engages differently than your brain does. Okay? So we have to engage people differently than just logical. We have to engage people with our heart through, through the love of Jesus. Okay? So there's the feeding of the 5,000. Do you remember the, 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 the lepers, cleansing of the 10 lepers? By the way, the 5,000, feeding of the 5,000, that's for today. Just so you know that, that's normal Christianity. If you want to live in normal Christianity and you're running low on food, pray over your food. Like, so serious. That's, you're a son, you're a daughter. That's so normal. Pray over your food. Let it be extended. Pray over it for those who are hungry. Uh, it's, it's normal Christianity. This is the way we have to start living. We have to start seeing ourselves in our lives. Don't, don't put your faith in visa. Don't put your faith in, in your work, in your own efforts. Because one day that's going to all be taken away from us. And then, and then who are we going to have to depend on? It's all Jesus. It's all him from beginning to end. The second thing is the lepers. Remember Jesus saw a need. He said, wow, these guys, 10 lepers. Okay, these were the outcasts, the lowest of the society. They're, they're not, I mean, they're not, they're, they're borderline looked at as animals in this culture. You know, they're, they're cast out of the camp. They can't be in the camp because they're unclean. And, uh, and, and Jesus has pity on them. And he says, you know, uh, go show yourselves to the priest. I'm gonna heal you. And they all went. And one came back and said, thank you. We know that story. But Jesus saw needs uh, to show compassion. You wanna be concerned with heaven's priorities? Show compassion everywhere you go. If you see a need, uh, pray for him. Every time, every single time. Holy Spirit is... He's gonna, he's gonna help you as, you as you walk this out. I've been hearing testimonies. I heard one this morning. Uh, just uh, Holy Spirit uh, influencing one of you guys, a couple of you guys, uh, to speak out and to reach Huron. It's, it, this has been amazing. Just some of you guys are catching this, and it's awesome. Um, the next thing, uh, let's go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Matthew 15, verse uh, 29. Someone go to, yeah, 15, 29. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed some of them. He healed them all, didn't he? Isn't that awesome? He healed them all. This is sweet. And the crowd is amazed. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is crazy news, guys. Jesus said to go, wait in Jerusalem, wait for power. I'm gonna power you to be my witnesses. When Holy Spirit comes, he's gonna empower you to be my witnesses. That's, um, it, it's, it's incredible. When Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus, Jesus baptizes us in Holy Spirit, um, we can love people we used to hate. We can, we can, uh, we can do miracles like this. We, we can see someone in a wheelchair, someone in a cast, and we can say, in Jesus' name, be healed. And it's not, let me, let me be very clear on this. It's not abracadabra. It's not, and, and this is very close. You don't say, in, be healed in Jesus' name, and boom, it's gonna happen. It's not words. It's not words necessarily that is gonna bring this healing. It's going to be, a relationship with the Father. Because when we're tuned in with the Father, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless the Father's told me to do it. I don't do anything. So how did Jesus get there? It was a relationship. So we have to have a relationship if we're gonna start walking in power and love. And you know, I, uh, 
Do you remember, um, do you remember some of the disciples? Some of the disciples, uh, Jesus gave them authority to start going, driving out demons, just uh, healing the sick. And, and he did that and he trusted them and, he's, and they're out there doing all these things. Um, and then a couple of chapters later, they're discussing about like, Lord, should we stone this city? Should we like, you know, they're being mean. Should we, should we take them out? See, when, we, when you receive power prematurely, when you, when you're, when you don't really know how to, to use it, a lot of times it goes to our heads and we think it's about us, but really it's not. It's about the Father and his work, making kingdom heaven come to earth. It's not about, it, you know, Jesus didn't die so that we can just die and go to heaven. He died so he can get heaven's culture inside of us so that it can come out of us. Not just to get inside of us, but to come out. Okay? Uh, yeah, I'm going to wait on that. Okay. Um, we don't look for a need. Uh, maybe, I mean, some of you guys are, are amazing at this. When I see, and by the way, when I look at you guys, I see Jesus everywhere. I see Jesus everywhere. I'm just like, I'm just like you know, I get overwhelmed sometimes, and, and, I, and I, it's a good fear. Like, I, 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 sense, I sense Jesus in you. I'm like, whoa, okay, Father, I see, I see the Lord just all over that person. Thank you that you're manifesting yourself in them. Some of you guys are giving. Some of, some of you guys are, are giving to people in need. Some of, some of you guys are um, putting people up in your homes. Some of you guys, I mean, you guys are just all in. It's awesome. And keep going for it. So, but, but I just want to challenge you that those of us who are still kind of looking for that need, make sure that we're not, we're not looking for the need uh, to make us feel better about ourselves or to experience a miracle. Yeah, I'm going to go pray for this person in a wheelchair because, oh man, I've never seen a miracle and I really want to see a miracle. This would be awesome. And boom, let's pray. It's not, it's not about just, just experiencing a miracle. What it's about is that we learn to demonstrate compassion for people, to see people. That makes sense. We have to see the person. We can't just, we can't just live in this, this mentality of, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so amazing, I'm so great. It's, I have to see the person. And, I, and some of you guys, I just, I'm, I'm, I just love you guys so much. I, I really do see a lot of you as brothers and sisters, some of you mothers, uh, some of the great pillars in our church. I have so much to learn from. Just keep pouring right into our teenagers. There's a bridge there that needs to happen, and it's you guys. You guys are... You guys are the ones. You guys are God's encounter for them. We love you guys. Uh, the challenge uh, for this, this particular topic, uh, heaven's priorities, we have to put heaven's priorities into our heart. We have, to, we have to be so sensitive to seek and save those who are lost. I have to make time. Can't play around. I can't wish it away. I have to seek and save those who are lost if you want to be tuned into heaven's culture. And then while I'm doing that, man, I have to be demonstrating compassion everywhere I go. Oh, that man, that waitress was just really mean to me. I don't know what's her deal. Could it be that maybe she's an orphan and that she doesn't know any better? Is that possible? What about the telemarketer? Man, I cannot tell you how many telemarketers I have prayed with in the last uh, two weeks. Uh, can, let me pray for you right now. What can I pray for you? Uh, because you have to see people. It's not just, I mean, they're, they're paid to do what they do. Yeah, and man, you just, you just wait for a moment. And I was talking to, I was talking to Jesus, actually, on this, uh, I was talking, um, no, I wasn't talking to, a, to Jesus. I was talking about a Jesus. Uh, I, was ta- uh, I can't remember, Verizon, I forget who I was talking to. I was talking to someone, and I said, hey, do you know Jesus? And he said, yeah, I do. I'm sitting right next to him, Jesus, you know, in, in, in Spanish. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. That's a different Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You know, and it was just, everyone was laughing. You know, I could hear him in the cubicles. They were all laughing and stuff. But we gotta be light everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. 
Always, when you walk into a building, never, never go in there for you anymore. Don't go to a stadium and I'm going to go get my hot dog and popcorn and, and then I'm going to sit down, I'm going to wrap up and then I'm just going to sit with my family and we're going to watch the game, we'll enjoy it and it's all about us. Don't ever do that anymore. Everywhere you go, you are, met, you are an encounter. Jesus saved you. He bought you with such a high price. It's no longer about us. Enjoy the game. Take in the popcorn, take in the hot dog, but don't walk out without heaven's priorities on our minds. Don't walk into some, don't go get the, the eggs and the milk and just, oh man, this line is forever. I wish these people would just get their stuff and get out. Man, look at the line as an opportunity now. Jesus, man, Jesus, thank you God for putting me behind this semi truck. Gives me more times to worship you now. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be animated. I'm kind of animated right now. I'm not saying you have to be animated like this. I'm just saying act right. Do what's right. Don't just, don't just live in, in defeat. You know, oh man, I just, I don't know. I, you know, just gotta make it through. Just gotta make it through. Live as sons and daughters. So the next thing, uh, we have to put sin to death. We have to put sin to death. All right, let's, um, yep, let's read verses five through nine. Uh, Colossians three again. Colossians three. Colossians 3, 5 through 9. Here we go. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of, this, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now it's time, is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've been stripped off of your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. We have to put sin to death. Did you know that, um, that sin is very squirmy? You ever, you ever fight a scrappy person, you know, just for play? You know, they're just, you know, they're, they're very uncoordinated and they just kind of, they just kind of like try to get out of everything. They're not like, they don't actually like put up their dukes and like try to, no, no fighters in the place. What's wrong with you? I mean, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's good. Live in peace. That's, that's right. No. Love language of mine is, never mind. No, Mark Apple's going to take that way too far. Okay. Love language is, you know, put me in a corner and kind of rough me up. That just tells me you love me. So my dad, that was my dad. But Mark, okay, that's not like dislocating my vertebrae, my fifth vertebrae on the foyer. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, that's no fun anymore. For you it is, but not for me. Sin is squirmy, just like that. It's like, uh, you know, they, they don't know how to fight. Sin does not know how to fight. It's just squirmy. The thing is, you got to tackle that thing. you got to get on top of it, and you got to take it to the cross, and you have to beat it there, and you have, to, you have to kill it off. You have to drive some nails of Jesus into that sin because the sin has to die. Your identities matter because when you have received an identity of Jesus' son or daughter, it brings a new reality. The second new reality is that from now on until glory, we are putting this thing called sin to death. It's squirmy, it's trying to get away from you. But his, his heart is that we put it to death. Uh, sin, is what, sin is what ultimately cursed mankind. We have to put it to death. Um, there's two things that I wanna talk about just really quick, because whenever you talk about sin, it gets really quiet and uh, don't let shame, guilt, regret, all that fear come in here. That's, uh, that's for out there. And just, just really quick too, um, when, when a lot of believers, specifically when a lot of sons and daughters come together, 
don't think that this is like tag and this is base. The demonic influences come in just with us. They, are, they hate this moment where we can exalt the Father and, and worship him. They hate this moment. And so they, there's fear, there's shame, there's guilt, there's regret. There's, that's the last fingerprints of Satan. Put it to death, it's just garbage. So there's two things I wanna talk to you about. The first one is there's accidental sins. Now these are things that, wow, I'm a son, and really I am a son. I was, was like completely lost and blind, but now I'm completely found and I can see. So let me, let me tell you, when, um, when I, get fr- I can get frustrated, I can sin, I can mess up, but I don't wake up thinking, ah, it's okay, I'll just, I'll just live my life however I want to. I wake up thinking, Jesus, I, I, man, if, if, Heather's a great wife, but she's very influential in my life spiritually. Um, it's, God, I'm waking up today, who do you want me to encounter? I mean, these are prayers that I'm starting to pray. Who do you, who are, who do you want me to reach into? Today's not about me anymore. It has not, nothing to do with me. I, I'm glad you like me. I'm glad you like my personality, but it's all about you now. When I wake up, who do you want me to encounter so that I can point them to you? And, and when we pray that way, that means, I mean, a lot of times it, it shows where our heart's at. We're, we're in for God, but along the way, man, you can stub your toe and, and you can be frustrated or you could even sin. You could even, you know, oh, you know, Heather comes down, hey, what would you like for breakfast? I don't know. You know, you can like lash out, you know, because you just stubbed your toe and it hurts, you know, so you're just like upset or, you know, whatever. Uh, that's a very Im- impractical example. What I'm saying is when we mess up, um, just when we have a moment of weakness, don't think that you're no longer a son. This is, this is the, the next lessons, this is where I'm going with it. Don't think you're not a son or a daughter. You are still totally part of the family. It's the justified sin in our life that is treason to the kingdom of God. It's treason. Treason is a betrayal of one's country. Did you know that you're citizens of heaven, but you can still commit treason? Treason is when we say, yes, okay, sin, come on in. Did you know when we give a a, a door that swings, just even a crack, a, a microscopic crack for Satan to get his foot in, he will wait there longer than you will wait there. And when you back off, he's moving in. Justified sin is so demonic and it's so, it's so prevalent in our society. We drink it like water. We have to put it to death because it's, it's, it's treason to the Father. Um, verse three, six, uh, the chapter three, verse six, it says, um, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Now let me tell you, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of sins listed there, if, I mean, the sins could be, this entire book, could, you could list sins. But, but that's not Paul's intentions. He's not trying to say, if you, do all, if you don't do these things, if, if everything that you do is not found in here, you're good to go. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, he's just trying to emphasize, we are putting on Christ now. Something new has to come. Okay? So um, sometimes, you know, when we read the Bible, we feel like it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts. You know? But think about it. Why in the world do you set up rules for your kids? Why do you, why, you know, I remember 9, nine 10, exact on the dot. You had to be back home from youth group. If you were past that, you'd be grounded. Uh, and before that, it was 9 o'clock. But my brother, he is a, he is a magician with words. <laughs> he is very good with words. And he got us an extra 10 minutes so we could leave by 9 and get home by 9, 10, and it was awesome. But if you were home past 9, 10, you were grounded. Why? why? Because I said so, but why? 
You have to get back to that, that issue. Why in the world would anyone put up rules? It's because it's motivated out of love. Nothing good happens past midnight when teenagers are involved, okay? Nothing, nothing good happens past midnight when adults are involved. Nothing good. There's just, I mean, unless you're at work, but if you're just, you know, hanging out, not very many good things are happening past midnight, okay? Uh, and so what I'm saying is, is that the, the, the motivation for the, the rules, hey, don't lie, don't slander each other, don't, don't be angry, the motivation is because the Father knows that if you go down these roads, you're going to become offended, you're, you're going to hurt relationships, and, and guess what's happening? It's getting further and further from the priorities of heaven. It's getting further and further from what Jesus looks like. When that, when that becomes a reality, when we let sin in, it's not advancing the kingdom of heaven, it's advancing the kingdom of hell. And so we have to make sure justified sin, justified sin is cut out like with scissors, Okay. I grew up in the church. I know, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you know, this might be happening. It's happening to some degree, and it needs to be just snipped off. So what are some of the things in your hearts? Maybe uh, let's, let's just look at three of the things. I, I know I've got to wrap up here just real quick, but three of the things are lying. A lot of times we lie because we, we, we stretch the truth because we want to avoid responsibility. You know, hey, were you at work by 9 o'clock? Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Because if I said if I was there by 9.20 or 9.30, I, I might get in trouble. We, we lie a lot of times to avoid responsibility. Another thing is slander. Slander is always, well, not always, but oftentimes the byproduct of offense. And, and, and when, we're, when we get offended, it's oftentimes because we forget how much we've been forgiven. If you, if you know, if you remember how much you've been forgiven, it's very hard to be offended. Very hard. Because you're like, wow, man, I was, I was condemned to die. I was going to be in hell. I would never have Jesus. I would never have life. But he made me a son, and now I'm innocent. Oh, yeah. Oh, you lied to me? That's okay, but I love you. Hey, man, you're awesome. Hey, actually, you know what? Here's 10 bucks. I love you, man. God bless you. See, it's, it's incredibly difficult to be offended when you know how much you've been forgiven. So keep your eyes on Jesus, man. The cross is everything. He just loves us so much. He's so into us. Um, then, then uh, what about anger and rage? Two things here. Uh, there's, a, there's a righteous anger, obviously. Jesus flipping tables, you know. Uh, he's, my house shall be a house of prayer, is what he says. Did you know that that, that um, court that he cleared out was for Gentiles? You know who's Gentiles? You and me. That means Jesus was concerned for us. He says, I want all nations to be able to come and encounter me. Isn't that amazing? It wasn't just, he loves Jews. I mean, it's first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. We read that in scripture. But, but isn't it amazing? He clears the temple. I want my, I want John. I want Reg. I want Ken. I want Keith. I want my, I want Huron first to be able to encounter me. So get this stuff out of here. It's, it, that was righteous anger, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about in here. And that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul, this type of anger, what he's talking about, it's, it's ruthless. It's just, it's, there's, it's, what, where this stems from is a lack of self-control. If, there, if there's no self-control, um, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So when, when Jesus came in, he's very controlled. He, he didn't lose control. He wasn't like, ah, I'm just responding to my emotions. He is completely controlled. And he was, he, was ang- he was angry in a different way. But a lot of times when we get angry because we didn't get something or, you know, we're, well, you know our, maybe our parents didn't give us something we wanted, but, 
But so we get angry and so we lose control and it's incredibly demonic against the kingdom of God. It's incredibly wrong. It's, it's so way out in left field, way out in right field, whatever. We have to get that under control and only through the Holy Spirit's power. He loves us. He loves us so much. He's going to help us. And if, if that's something you deal with, he's going to help you today. Um, I really believe that just those are three things. I, didn't, I, I really didn't touch on sexual morality, anything. Uh, sin, sin. You want to, if those who are sinning and like sin, like me, oftentimes we're just going to keep, just keep on sinning. You don't, you, you don't even have to find a dark place to do it. A lot of times those who justify sin will just, they'll, they'll, it'll come about. But those who want freedom and find help, I found help. I said, Jesus, send me someone, help me. And it was a process. Jesus forgave me, but he sent someone to help me. And it's been a process, but let me tell you, I'm free. I'm completely free. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm a son, and I'm beginning to operate in sonship. Um, I'm, not, I'm not just preaching to you, and I'm, I'm not exercising this. Uh, uh, dozens, probably, and dozens of people uh, have been ministered to by Heather and I, and we love we love Huron, we love people, and it's not, it's not a me thing, it's Jesus in me. Jesus wants to be made known, and he's, he's pouring in his priorities. The last thing, I'm not gonna have, um, I'm not gonna have time to uh, get into it, but the last thing, um, Hebrews 10, 26, let me just read the truth over you. It says, if we deliberately continue sinning after we've received the truth, that means after we've already known Jesus, and we, and, 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 and we've heard the truth, and we deliberately keep on sinning, there's no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. That's a huge problem, because that's basically saying that even though we were once a Christian, even though we once knew Jesus, if we deliberately keep on sinning in this lifestyle, there's no more sacrifice for that sins. So we have to make sure that the justified, again, I'm talking justified. I don't really need to change. I don't think that's what the Bible means. I don't really care. It's my life. Jesus knows my heart. When we justify things, whenever there's justification, you can almost always find sin when justifying ourselves. Whenever you justification of Jesus, there's freedom. But when we justify ourselves, there's almost always sin. First John 1.9 says, the good news is this, guys. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He, if, if we confess them to him, if we humble ourselves, if we say, Jesus, forgive me, I've messed up. So is there anything today that God's letting you, he's, he's wanting you to let go of? He's saying, he's been telling you for a while now. Some of you guys know what I mean. He's saying, I need you to let this go. If you keep doing this, there's no more sacrifice for sins. Some of you guys maybe might know what I'm talking about. Identities matter because a new reality, our new identity always brings a new reality. The final thing we're going to talk about, um, and I'm, I I don't think I'll have time to read all through scripture, but this last portion of scripture in verses 10 through 17, it's, it is the character of Jesus. Please, this is your homework today. Really, please, read verses 10 through 17 and just say, Jesus, yes. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes to my life. Let these be so in my life and grow in them. We're not gonna be perfect in them. There's no way but we're gonna always grow. The last, thing, if, if, uh, the last thing is we have to develop into Christ's character. It takes time and obedience. It takes time and obedience. Maturity 
is not primarily focused on how many years ago you prayed a prayer and said, Jesus, save me from my sins. Maturity is how you daily surrender to Holy Spirit's voice and shaping you to be more like Christ. You want to be someone who's mature. Uh, time, time is part of it. Don't get me wrong. Those of you who have been in this church and are, are of age, are elders, thank you for, for stepping into that role. Thank you for being who you are and committed to this body. But, but the, 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 and they would say it too, the most fundamental aspect of maturity is how much are we still surrendering to Jesus today? Because I could be 100 years, to, I could be 100 years old tomorrow and guess how, guess how much I'll still have to grow into Jesus. I'm still gonna have to grow just as much. Jesus, I surrender today. I surrender more. I say yes more to you, Jesus. I surrender my patience. I surrender my this. I surrender everything. I surrender. I keep surrendering and I keep making heaven's priorities my own priorities. And I keep living them out. So guys, if there's any one thing, I, I don't, I think I'm, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm done here. But um, I've just been really trying to be sensitive to Holy Spirit. He is so good. He is so good. He's, he's here now and and. And the last thing we have to do is we have to make sure that we, that we actually look like Jesus. If Jesus were to walk down the center aisle and were to come up here, how much would I and him look alike? Because we have to develop into him. That's the goal. You want eternal life? Develop into him. Don't, don't make heaven the focus. Don't make the, the fire insurance of hell the, 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 the focus. It's not about, I don't want to burn. I don't want to, you know, don't, don't, don't make it about, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven so I can live forever and never have to deal with this hurt ankle. It's not about those things. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's, that's not the goal. When, Jesus, when Paul says, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, keep your eyes on the goal, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is life. And so many times we just make it about, you know, I'm, I just got to make it into heaven. Man, I'm going to just skid in there. Jesus did not die and pay such a huge price for us and put us in this little community so that we can just wake up, put our feet up, eat, eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, watch the ball game, and go to bed and repeat. 365 days times 100. That's not why Christ paid a price. Christ paid a price so that we could step into a new reality as sons. And what that, what that ultimately is, is eternal life. We step into sonship, and that's eternal life. It's Jesus. So let me pray. You want to put some music on? I just want to. I just want to see where I'm at in the building today. If you just close your eyes, just really quick. I know it's lunchtime. You guys have been gracious. It's Twelve o'clock on the dot. I love you guys. I need you to understand something. I love you guys so much, and I and I and and I have so much to learn from you. I really do. And God has just privileged me this time with your time uh, to. For me to pour into you, I've, I've really been asking Holy Spirit, God, what do you want to say? I said this Friday, I, I walked in here and I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to your bride? What do you want to say to your people? And this is, this is what, I, and this is what I, I felt Holy Spirit wanted to say. Our identities matter because once he declares us sons and daughters, everything changes. The old life is gone, the new has come. And so, just close your eyes. I just want to, I just want to see if, if you, um, Maybe, maybe you've been coming to church and you, you actually, you agree with what I'm saying, but you really haven't been making heaven's priorities. Uh, you know, they probably don't make the top three of your priorities in your daily life. 
if, if I'm simply talking about seeking and saving the lost and I'm, if I'm strictly talking about compassion, I just want you to slip up your hand if, if you, you, wanna, you wanna tell Jesus you're sorry for that and you wanna, you wanna take steps out of that. And I'm gonna raise my hand for that. Jesus, I need you to make my priorities. Your priorities, my priorities, God. I need, I, I, I need heaven's priorities to be mine, Father. Lord, I, I know that I could never preach if I was perfect. But Lord, you, you're speaking to me even now. Put your hands down. Next thing, I just wanna, just wanna uh, talk really quick to those of you who are, um, maybe you, you don't know Jesus today. You know, I went to church my whole life, guys. I really did, and, and there was a moment when Holy Spirit was gracious enough to me. And he said, slow down, I love you. I don't care about your baggage. Did you know Jesus demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still swearing and deep into addictions and drugs and alcohol, that's the moment when, he's, when he died for us. It wasn't when, he, when we got to church and tried. It was when we were still messed up. So if, if, if that's you, I just wanna, and, and maybe you're, you're away from God. You know you are, you know your heart is. You wanna recommit your life to God. I just want you to slip up your hand. Again, just no one looking around. I just wanna honor those who are just trying to get real with God. Jesus, I just pray, Lord, for everyone here that's raised their hands, God. I thank you, Lord, that you love us, Lord, that you desire to give us new life. Lord, that the old life is dead. The guilt, the shame, the regret, the addiction, all that's dead. Lord, I pray, Lord, from now on, as sons and daughters, Lord, we stand up as a family together and we say, yes to your word, God, yes to your spirit, Lord, let us start walking with great zeal and holiness and love for people. Love and compassion, Lord. Make heaven's priorities ours, God. We do know that our sonship, that who we are as daughters matters, God. We love you. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen.